Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there. But it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. That's the power of a vision. It disciplines you. It chooses your friends for you. It teaches you what to say yes to and what to say no to. A guy named Joel Brown said that. And the more I started researching about this person, the more I thought I have to talk to him. I have to get him on the podcast. And I am so excited today that you get to hear his wisdom, hear what his vision is for himself, for the world around him, the legacy that he hopes to leave. But before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about who he is. Joel Brown currently lives in Bali. His business, AddictedToSuccess.com, was built from scratch to be the number one motivation site in the world. It has over 100 million views and over 50 million unique website views from his worldwide audience. Joel has insights and analytics on personal development like no other in his industry. His Addicted to Success podcast has reached over 1.2 million podcast plays and downloads to date and his social media following is a 2 million plus. He has worked along some of the greats in the world of motivation, business, and spirituality, including Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, Tim Ferriss, Gabby Bernstein, Grant Cardone, Simon Sinek, and a lot more. Basically, this guy is a leader. He has influence. He has a vision to see people living lives to their full potential. And he's actively serving thousands of people in this vision on a day-to-day basis. So I cannot wait for you to get to know him better, to get to know his story, and to follow along with his journey. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris, and today I'm talking with Joel Brown. I can't wait for you guys to get to know him. Um, Joel, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Kat, thanks a million for having me on. I really appreciate you. Uh, And thank you for inviting me in to share my wisdom today with your Refined Collective tribe. Yeah. So you're in Bali. Bali, Indonesia. Yep. And how did you get there? Oh, that's a great question. You know, it's funny. I visited Bali seven times uh, before Mm -hmm. I decided to settle into Bali. And and it's great because the reflection of where I was in my business, in my life, in my relationships, I was moving around a lot. Uh, I was out in America only a good maybe year and a half back. I was out, I was living in Santa Monica and Venice in California Mm -hmm. for a couple of years, Santa Barbara for a little bit. And you know, I was there doing back-to-back events. I was speaking at so many other people's events, doing mm-hmm. keynotes and running mastermind groups and, uh, you know, lots of catch-up, lots of interviews. Got to meet a lot of incredible people. I was part of a couple of documentary films. One of them's coming out later next year. And so, you know, a lot of movement was happening. 
But I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm good to come back to Australia for a bit. There's something there. And I, you know, I, I start to listen to my intuition. I'd say probably a good few years back. And ever since then, it's worked out really well for me. And so I went back to Australia. I did my own thing in Australia, ran my own events for once. And I loved it. My business partner and co-speaker and co-coach who works with me and, and you know, I work with him. His name's Emil Steenville. He's incredible at mindset. Uh, I understand mindset. He understands a bit of marketing, but I'm great at branding, marketing, and vision. And when we come mm. together, we're really powerful. Uh, so mm. I flew out to Bali for the eighth time and we were shooting some video content in Bali in an area called Changu. I'd never been there. I'd been every, uh, pretty much every other uh, popular place in Bali before that. And I had this completely different experience of it. And I really felt like I was ready to, to stay. I, I didn't want to go back to Sydney uh, mm. where I was staying at the time. And, uh, you know, I'm so happy because I've been living out here for seven months. We just signed a lease for another six months extension. We've run multiple retreats. We've got, um, a, we did a, an event last month. We have another event. It's going to be huge next year in April. Yeah. Well, even just what you're saying is I hear this thread of being excellent at what you're doing, right? So in order to, like you moved your business cross countries multiple times, it sounds like. And to be able to not only like have the vision to see like, okay, I want to like keep doing what I'm doing, but I also want to have this like a lifestyle. I think as entrepreneurs, and I can just speak for myself as well, is it can be so easy for me just to like be in the hustle. Right. And sometimes I'm like, am I going to blink and 20 years go by and I'm just going to be like, well, I sure did work a hell of a lot and I'm exhausted. I'm stressed. I have, you know, autoimmune disorders because I have, all I've done is worked. Like it sounds like you've kind of have this balance of like, you have the business you want, but you're also fighting for the life you want. Was it always like that? Or like, have you, did you have to like build it to that point? Yeah. I mean, it took me a couple of years and it's funny. I coach a lot of entrepreneurs. I coach a lot of people in branding and marketing. And, and what I think is a lot of people have this warped sense of what they think entrepreneurship is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Honestly, for the first two to three years, you're going to be investing a lot of your money that you make in your business straight back into it. It's a lot mm-hmm. of hustle. It's a lot of grind. It's to be honest, it's kind of unsexy. It's not really that cool, but it pays off. It eventually pays off. And if, especially if you're really passionate about it, uh, I can jump in pretty quick and find out if someone is passionate or not. We go deep into their value mm-hmm. system. We, we cast their 10-year vision. We see if there's any like, you know, like things that are out of alignment uh, to, mm-hmm. to determine whether or not they're really going to you know, waste time or save time you know, in the future. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really big on uh, making sure that whatever you're doing, it needs to be aligned. And when it is, there's just way more flow and power in it. And for mm-hmm. me, I think as I've gotten older, one of the things that's definitely shifted is as we've gone on, I've started to really value socializing. It's, it's funny, like when I started my business, I had to lock myself in a bedroom for years and just work away on the business. And you know, people see the glory, but they don't hear the story, right? They don't mm-hmm. see all the, the, the times I made sacrifices and slaved away, but now they see you know, the fruits of the, of the labor. But uh, ultimately, like, I'm in a place now where I work with a lot of entrepreneurs that are just starting out and I get to give them the wisdom of, you know, hey, you can have your cake, you can eat it too, you can have that. I don't like the word balance, I'd say more harmony. Harmony mm. in your life. Like we said just before this call, everything is touching everything, right? 
So if you're affected in, you know, just recently I couldn't jump on the call with you a couple of times because you know I had a chest infection that I called because I was just so OTT with everything. Like we were going and shooting so much content. I was doing free diving in the Philippines. We're traveling around nonstop. We just ran an event for, for four days with 37 people uh, that tra- travel from all over the world, like 12-hour days. We also had some parties after each event too. So we had really late nights where we stayed out and, and just like was moving around and thinking so much. And we did, you know, two months straight of like sales calls and interviews and things like that to go through the application processes. And I never gave myself that break. You know, I never, mm-hmm. I, I never put my health first as the number one priority. And so eventually it hit me and it said, Joel, we need to go back into harmony. But before mm-hmm. we do that, there's a lesson in this. And it always has to strike you in a way where it catches you off guard. That's the only yeah. way we learn. Otherwise, we mm-hmm. unconsciously fall back into the patterns. And, you know, I realized very quickly that it throws me out of my business. It, it, was a, it was a challenge for me to get on calls as we open up this next retreat, and especially in the beginning. I'm, I'm sweet now. It's challenging for me to be in integrity to show up with you as well on the, on the podcast, and it sucks. You know, I'm just being mm. real, right? So it's really yeah. important to put the things that you know are going to affect you at most first, right? And yeah. find that hierarchy, find the priorities, um, identify your values because your mm. values, the awesome thing about your values is that what you value most. And the word values comes from the word evaluate. Whenever someone goes, hey, do you want to go and let's say they go and party till two o'clock in the morning and drink your, drink your night away. And for you, let's say on your list of millions of values, because we all have millions and millions, if doing that is like number 156 and instead you can mm-hmm. chill at home and read a book because you love self-development and that's like number one or number two or number three or if it's the Bible because you love your time with God or you want to be a prayer, whatever it may be, you're going to say no to that, right? So getting really clear because people that aren't clear on what their values are, they say yes when they really want to say no. And they only really think about it after it happens and go, why didn't that feel right? Why am I beating myself up? Why is that wrong to me? And it doesn't mean that it is wrong. It's just, it just doesn't feel like it's in alignment, right? So I would say like the number one thing I've learned in my life, seriously, Kat, is, is just like, you want to create flow. It's like having kinks in your hose. If you can line that out and have it to a point where there's flow flowing through, it absolutely mm. changes the game. It changes your being. It changes the energy that you show up in and energy doesn't lie. People can see it. Yeah. When you say that, I think of like, what is the thing? What's the catalyst that has to happen to get to the point where the values that I have or that you have like outweigh the other decisions? So what I mean by that is, I can want to run a marathon and that's like the bigger goal, right? Like it's something that I am working towards. And so because of that, I make choices to train on like Saturday mornings or something. And so maybe I'm not going to like eat chocolate cake or drink or be out as late because I have this other priority. But like, I think a lot of times what happens is like we have these goals that we feel are important to us. And then I'm like, well, I do want to run the marathon, but then I just end up eating the cake or like not hitting the gym or not making my miles. And so like based off results, I don't really value that other thing. I don't really value like the end results and something has to happen for a shift. Like the price has to outweigh the reward. What do you think that is? Like, what do you, like you talk with so many people, you consult with people, you lead others. 
what do you think that shift has to be before someone is like, all right, like I'm willing to do maybe not the thing that I want to do right now, but the thing that I want long-term, like how do you get there? I mean, my process is, is getting really clear on your vision because if you're clear on your vision, you start living an intentional life. You start to make sense mm-hmm. of the decisions that you need to make each and every day because 90% of our thoughts to 95% of our thoughts are unconscious, which means we're literally mm-hmm. floating around like a pinball in a pinball machine, just bouncing through life, right? I believe God created us to be incredible human beings with, with just the, these epic minds that can create so much and bring so much into our space. It's like, why would you just limit yourself and your potential to just bounce around? I just don't believe that that's like what we're here to do. So if you were to be intentional about your life, to have a vision, right? To have something you're excited to step into, something that challenges your potential, then what you would do is you start living intentionally to a point where you are disciplined. Your vision will discipline you. It'll help you to choose the right friends, right? It'll help you to get clear. So many people I know that, I, that come to me that I want coaching and guidance, they lack clarity. They don't know what to focus on. They feel like they don't have accountability, they feel like they don't have confidence and certainty. It's like all these things are really, really important. And so the vision process, it's, it's funny, uh, years ago, I found a lot of people coming to me and I, I'd, I've been living in the vision process for the last nine years. Uh, I was challenged mm-hmm. uh, eight and a half, uh, sorry, nine years ago by a guy by the name of Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I don't 100% agree mm-hmm. with the way that he showed up before his, you know, with his success. Uh, but he, you know, he, he taught a great framework. And, uh, since then I have jumped in, I've challenged it. I've added more elements. I've taken things out. I've, uh, tweaked it. I've, I've tested it with over 400 of my clients. And we're at the point where I have people that are achieving their three to four year vision within the first year. You know, it's because mm-hmm. they're living intentionally. And there was this incredible, uh, preacher, an incredible speaker. He's passed away now. His name's Dr. Miles Monroe. He's a Christian speaker, actually. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, he had this such a great example. I love it. He said, now imagine that God is the manufacturer, right? And let's liken the human being as a car. Let's say the, the human being is like a car. That's God's product, right? And he said, let's mm-hmm. say you look at your car dash, right? And on that dash there, it says, what does it say on your speedometer, cat? Um, what would it usually say? Like 200 miles an hour, 160 miles, depending on the car that you have, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a there's like a point where it goes all the way to the end and it's usually like 160 miles or 200. So anyway, let's look at it as this. Most people, he said, are cruising along in life at 50 miles an hour. And what will happen mm-hmm. is someone will show up in next to them in the next lane going 60 miles an hour and surpasses them. And you turn around and look at them and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person, how incredible are they? Look at how successful they are. Look how fast they are. Look how great they are. Little do you know that they're only going 10 miles an hour faster than you when your potential is 200 to 220, mm-hmm. right? And it was mm-hmm. such a great example. And I'm breaking that down even more in my book that I'm writing right now around the 10-year vision. And, and I really believe that like, if you understood the potential that you have. Someone recently in an interview asked me, what do you fear most? I said, I fear my potential. Like one day when I'm standing before God, I don't want him to say, Joe, I gave you all of this and you just tapped into a little. Like I want to, I want him yeah. to be like, man, you stepped into it. You know, you, yeah. you, you utilize your, your gifts. You, you squeeze the juice out of your 
potential, your abilities, your gifts, your, you know, your, your God-given skills and toolkit that was gifted to you since birth. And it excites me to see people step into their potential more than anything. Yeah. You know, so the vision process, right? And I think this is the thing too, Kat, I just want to add because I think it's really important. You ask like, what does it take to someone, for someone to change? You need to identify what is the payoffs and what are the costs. Like the payoff mm. is if I keep running in this story of, you know, my life is bad because my mother or father treated me like, you know, this way and, and life is tough and they never provided for me. The payoff is that you get to use that story all the time and that you're the victim and that's an excuse for you to not move forward. But then when you mm. identify what is it costing me? And you start writing that down like, okay, me saying that like I can't move forward in my career because, you know, my parents were tough on me for this and that. Start mapping that out, you know, less money, okay, because you're not placing bets on yourself. You're just floating through life and just going for the, the, the everyday job that you're not really happy with. It means less fulfillment, which means more stress, which means bad relationship because you're going to come home and be stressed in that relationship. It means less opportunity for freedom means you're not able to travel as much as you like to. you got to eat at dodgy restaurants and not the better restaurants that you wish you could eat at, mm. right? So they're just like some examples of what it's costing you if you don't make the shift. And I, I jump in quite often, Emil and I do it a lot in our events. At the front of the room, we coach people on what is the payoffs and the costs. And it's yeah. really interesting to see what their mind does and their eyes just go, whoa, when they realize how much it's costing them to play small and stay in the same place is disempowering so that that's absolutely the key you know yeah and i mean one of those things for me um, i'll just share is for so much of my life i believed that i was like always the friend when it came to relationships with men so i was like oh my gosh like ever since i was in high school like guys just want to be my best friend and like more times than not like a guy that i liked would come up to me and be like, Hey, I want to have a conversation with you. And I'm like, here it is. He's going to tell me he likes me. And then him come to tell like, Hey, I'm really interested in your best friend. So I developed this narrative from the time I was in high school. Like I'm the friends, like I'm the friend. I'm never the lover. Like it's, I like never get the thing that I want. And that's actually then how I showed up. And like, I, because I believed that thing to be true, it's what manifested itself in my life. Yes. And it wasn't until about five, six years ago when I really started like digging deep, doing self-work, counseling, emotional intelligence type stuff where someone really challenged me on that. And they were like, but what are you getting from that? And I think, of of course, in the beginning, I'm like, nothing. Like, I'm just, I'm only paying a price. Like, I'm not getting a reward from that because I'm not getting the relationship I want, the marriage I want, the family I want. But like, digging, digging, digging. I was like, oh, I don't have to be hurt. So, you know, I can get some of my needs met by a friendship. So like a little bit, I can have a part or settle for the scraps or the pieces but if I really put myself out there and I don't get what I want, that felt so painful that that's why I was willing to pay that price of like not getting the thing I wanted. And like that took some real courage to start shifting that narrative because sometimes like the, the price we pay, like, yeah, I wasn't getting what I wanted, but like it felt like when that fear was in the dark, 
it felt like it was going to, I was going to die or I was going to kill me or like I couldn't handle the pain. Right. But I think that's what happens when like shame and darkness stays hidden is it like becomes this massive shadow. Yeah. Um, The thing is, and it sounds like, you know, you fuse with it. That's the thing. It's like, well, this becomes part Mm -hmm. of me, becomes your identity. Mm -hmm. You convince yourself Mm -hmm. so much so that this is me to the point where it, like someone couldn't come along and convince you otherwise, like you needed to come through that realization of mm-hmm. that, that's why that person asked you, you know, like what's the payoff to that, right? It's got to be a benefit. There mm-hmm. always is. Otherwise you wouldn't do it. Absolutely. Right? Right? And, Absolutely. And, and what it is, is like, it's obviously the safe zone. You know, our unconscious yeah. mind is so sneaky. It's so sneaky. Yeah. Like it's always trying to run the show. And at times it's great. Like you're walking down the road and you're checking your phone and you've gone, you know, a mile or two down the road and you haven't like walked into a pole. You haven't like banged into (laughs) someone or you haven't walked out on the road. That's great because your your body is your unconscious mind, right? And it's, and it's telling it where Mm -hmm. it needs to go. But for the most part, when you are living intentionally, you need to negotiate with your mind. And people think that sounds so crazy. But honestly, you have to negotiate. And I've been in the practice of it for years now. Uh, one of the things that I did recently was I changed my whole workout regime. And for anyone that you know mm. does you know, workouts and you know right into fitness, you know that your body after a while adjusts. Same with your mind, mm-hmm. your unconscious mind. It starts to adjust and it goes, okay, this is the safe space now. We're good here. And then whenever you try something mm. new, it feels uncomfortable, right? Your body's the reflection of the unconscious. So then... When you, well, I did this uh, exercise called the 10X and the 10X exercise was, and I learned this in Sardinia in Italy and I, I actually would, had resistance around, I thought it was a stupid exercise when I heard how you do it. But uh, Emil pushed me to do it. He said, let's just go, it's the last session. We, I don't want to miss it. Let's just try it. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. I was going to do a normal workout. We went in and did it and it almost like, it shocked my system so hard. But after I was like, wow, that's amazing. I've never felt like a shock like this. I felt really challenged, but I felt great. I came through it. And it's doing literally four core workouts and it's for a minute and 30 seconds, no rest, right? And slowly it's like there's 70 to 80% of what you can actually push with, with, you know, shoulder press or, uh, chest press, uh, a leg press, it's it's all press on the machines and you've got to hold it for a minute and 30, but slowly up, slowly down. And you think that sounds okay, but once you reach like the minute mark, you feel like burning hot in your muscles and it's like needles going into your muscles. So it's different. Oh it's like pressure on your whole system, right? So it's very different to like relax your arm, tense it, relax your arm, tense it. It's a different kind of workout. And mm-hmm. the guy, it was so awesome the way he uh, broke it down. Is He said to me, he said, you're going to hit this point. So he's setting expectations, right? And I, and I do this too now when I go into something that's uncomfortable. Set an expectation. You know something's going to show up. It's like this will probably show up, right? That's okay. If it does, mm-hmm. cool. You're going to get to a point where you're going to start feeling this resistance where you want to like just give up. And he said, that's the mm-hmm. point where it starts. And I want you to close your eyes and imagine yourself going up and hitting a roof. And I want you, when you feel that, to push everything in your mind and in your being and in your mind to break through that roof and push through to the other side. So whenever I do this exercise now, and I'm like obsessed with doing it now because I love how much of a challenge it's been and how I keep breaking through the challenge and making it heavier and heavier. But I imagine that every time now. And we did uh, free diving in the Philippines where you go underwater and hold your breath. And I started doing the same thing where I was pushing myself past my mind because my mind starts to panic. He goes, no, 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 we haven't had our breath for this long before. But then after you break through that, your body actually calms and relaxes. 
So there's these mental challenges we go through. And I'm not telling anybody here, go jump in the bathtub and hold your breath in water. Please don't do that. <laughs> there's like, obviously, you know, you need to learn the techniques and everything. And I'm still obviously learning it that I'm not a pro at all in that sense. But I love that mental challenge because I was talking to my friend who jumps out of planes. He stays hanging out here with us in Bali. He jumps with a Red Bull guy. This guy's insane. And he's talking about skydiving. And I said, I wanted to do solo jumps. And the reason being is like, imagine standing right there on the edge of that plane and jumping out yourself. No tandem, just you deciding to jump. Like, just imagine what's going through your head, right? But the reason why I want to do it, it's not, I'm not crazy. The reason why I want to do it is because I believe that when you match your fear, you meet fear to fear head on. Now is an opportunity to turn that fear into fun. Wow. How many times have you like, I don't know if there's anybody here, listen, or even you cat where you have this thing around public speaking, which is a huge fear for most, yeah. but you do it so much to the point where now when you get up and speak, you like have a laugh. It becomes easier to share your story. You start challenging the audience. Like I love public speaking now and it's become my career and I travel the world and have so much fun with it and get to connect on such a deep level with people. But it once was a fear of mine. So I love that yeah. turning your fear into fun. Like, let's do that. Oh, let's make that so go with that's... everything that you are uncomfortable with. Let's go, what, what, how can I find some fun in this and what can I create? Mm. Yes. That's, uh, I feel like when you say that, like I think of this, my friends told me this like scientific experiment. They put two people on a roller coaster and put like the modules on their brain to see like how they would react to the roller coaster. And same roller coaster ride, one person was like terrified out of their minds and like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm dying. Like it caused like panic and anxiety and stress. And then the next person, it was like the same brain waves were going off for them internally, but they were like, this is so fun. Like I'm so excited and what an adventure. And just kind of this idea that like there can be a thin space between like, excitement and passion and fear but like I get to choose I get to choose that narrative and I mean that's something like I preach to myself because I do struggle with anxiety and it comes up and I have tools for it now but like one of the things I say now is like I'm feeling these feelings because I care so much about the message I care so much about what I'm doing so I have to be afraid of the symptoms But I think what, like, even what you're saying you're doing in your workouts, like the physical, I think is such a manifestation of the spiritual. So by you, even when you said like, I'm getting to the roof and then pushing through that, like your physical body is manifesting this also spiritual principle that like, it's okay to be out of your comfort zone. Yes. One thing that I teach with the whole vision process is that if you want to increase your faith, because there's an important part of my book I'm writing about right now is that you can have you know, your plans mapped out, you have your strategy in place, you have your intentions, you have your habits, you're aligned with your values and all these things, right? Mm. But there's always, you got to leave room to sprinkle a little bit of faith in there too. Actually, a mm. lot of bit of mm. faith, <laughs> right? Very because great. I, and you know, even in my 10 year vision, like I, I, to be honest, I was married four and a half years ago. And she mm. was initially, my partner was initially in my 10-year vision. She was in there quite a lot. Uh, and mm. I caught her having an affair. We went through this whole divorce and everything. It was you mm. know, a turbulent time in our life. And, and like I had to remove myself from that identity. I, my path changed. I stepped back into my relationship with Christ. I went through this whole 
mm-hmm. experience, right? But at the same time, I looked at my vision and I rewrote parts of it because I realized that like I didn't hold faith in that, that there was going to be some other things that showed up and that I had to trust, right? Mm-hmm. So I always say mm-hmm. to people like, fill in as much detail as you can as a human being, right? right. Like without the spiritual, because you bring that in, like that's the next part, but like as much as you can. And here's the key, the more doubt that you remove, the more your faith increases. Mm. So fear always puts you in doubt. So getting certain about where you're heading, that increases your faith. It's the same thing mm. with how the enemy works. It's like, if I can just keep beating you down in the fear, it's like I had someone recently ask me, and I know your audience are predominantly Christian. There's maybe some people here that aren't. And, you know, we're obviously all on our journey in the way that we understand things. I know a lot of Christians have so many different perspectives. I may have a very different mm. perspective to most Christians based off my experience and what I've studied so far and understand, right? Mm. But what I found was um, one of my friends was like, hey, what's up with this like haunted house? What do you think that is? Do you believe in ghosts? And I said, well, I believe that when you die, your soul leaves your body, right? But I, I don't mm. believe that like, you know, people come back and start haunting. And I said, who would do that? Why would someone do that? I said, what I do believe though is there is a spiritual realm and the, the other spirits are of darkness and there's an enemy in play. And he, what? And they're like, and my friend was like, well, why would this person come and haunt? And I said, because they want you to be in fear. They want you to be in doubt. And I, and I said, that's actually really mm-hmm. interesting you ask that because the next question you should ask me is what would they want you to be in doubt for? And he walked like his mm-hmm. mind was ticking like crap. I could tell. And I said, if you understand the narrative, what's at play on the other side of the coin, mm. there's a reason why something else wants you to doubt that and not have faith. Faith is required. Faith is absolutely mm. an important element in all of this. Uh, so yeah, the fear thing, like I like to practice it in the physical. I also like to practice it in the spiritual too, because that, that like we said before, everything's touching everything, you know, financially, emotionally, yeah. spiritually, physically, mentally like these are all at play you can't totally discount one and and just have the other like they all interconnected we're designed with so many awesome intricate moving parts i just believe that Mm. there's like there's just so much that we can do if we start to understand that we were built for incredible things and that faith is what we can lean into and when we live with intention there's just so much more that god can do with us that's so good This episode of the Refined Collective Podcast is brought to you by my very own resource guide called Moving Through Fear. Now, I created this resource guide based off my own journey and process of moving through my own insecurities, fear narratives, and limiting beliefs. And let me tell you guys, if you're looking for a 10-step guide to freedom, you're in the wrong place because I'm no expert. I am on the journey with you, offering you tools graciously given to me over the years. So my prayer is that through this guide, you will know, believe, and experience that truth defeats fear and lies, that you are worth fighting for and you are not alone. So grab my free guide, Moving Through Fear, on the website, therefinedwoman.com slash freebie. That's F-R-E-E-B-I-E. And remember, I am on the journey with you. Kind of just like to move back through what we were talking about. You talk earlier about like the the subconscious mind, like these thoughts, these beliefs that we have, right? That are like kind of fueling things under subconsciously. Yeah. And I wonder, I'm posing at this question, I want to know what you think, is, is it possible that like 
those beliefs are tied to our source. And like in order to have that freedom from the fear or to even be able to like discern, like, is this like a good fear or a fear that's trying to keep me back? Like, how do you connect with those thoughts and connect with what is the source of truth? How did you do that? I mean, that's a good good question. And we could go in quite a few different directions. I believe that ultimately the Holy Spirit is the one that guides you. So the Holy Spirit doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, and and for me, I definitely made bad decisions in my life. And when I say bad decisions, I mean ones that were out of alignment of my purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to, in a biblical sense, you know, I think there's this kind of like this negative stigma around the word sin. Uh, I believe that mm-hmm. sin, if you want to frame it this way, is a violation of purpose. It's outside of what wow. God has designed for us to be in. And there's he has his reasons for it. Like at first I didn't question it, but I wanted to go deeper. So I was like, why is it, why would it be a violation of our purpose? It's because he's designed us in this divine way for us to be able to function at our best. Right. And so that's why, like, I look at like the decisions that I make, it's such a huge thing. Your values and your beliefs drive every decision that you make. That's how we function. Right. You you put importance around something uh, enough, you're going to make a decision to go in that direction, you know? And, um, I mean, this goes deeper. We could go really like into the theological view and go super philosophical about it. But, um, I would say that, you know, your worldview is definitely going to determine the decisions that you make throughout your life and has a very strong pull. I got to the point where you know, I was coaching a lot of people on belief systems and it was about, you know, how do you stack your limiting beliefs with empowering beliefs and how do you reprogram your subconscious to, you know, for your wealth mindset, all these things. And I was like, you know, that's great. And and it's really interesting. Still is such an important part of of what I coach about. But I also asked the question of what makes somebody go and strap a bomb to themselves, a 10 year old kid or a six year old kid Mm -hmm. and blow themselves up in the name of what they believed in. And that to me was like, man, there's got to be something deeper than that. What triggers everybody around time, the time where, you know, there's a presidential race and, you know, one party gets in and the other doesn't and people get triggered so much. Like I'm leaving the country and there's riots in the streets. There's like, it's something deeper than just the surface. And so I started looking at like, what are the, what are our worldviews and how does it shape the decisions that we make? You know, and yeah. I, I think to go even deeper into that, that ultimately you want to test the worldviews that you have adopted because they run so much of your life. Test it with these four areas. And this is a framework. Origin, whatever you have brought into play and you've chosen for yourself to believe as true, where did it originally come from? Study the origin, the source, right? Meaning, what is the meaning behind it, right? Morality, is it moral? Does it tell you to go out and kill people? Does it tell you to cut everyone's heads or whatever it may be. Is it, is it moral or is it immoral? And then the last one, destiny, where are you going with it? You know, and I studied this. I studied a number of different belief systems, a lot of the, the, the top ones in the world, the most popular ones. And I kept circling back around to Christianity, story of Christ, mm-hmm. the promise, his grace, his mercy, you know, the, the, the empirical evidence that is there when you study it all and trace it back, the types and anti-types in the Bible align for something that was said 2,000 years ago and matches up with you know, thousands of years after that with incredible, profound lessons within it. It's, it's just so uncanny, like you can't make this stuff up, right? And then the logical consistency is that logical when you pair it up. 
and then ultimately experiential relevance, which is I've seen miracles unfold before my eyes. I've seen people that have gone through some crazy spiritual stuff where I saw darkness too. You know, I was deep into the new age stuff and I came right out of it. I was like, this isn't it. I'm not touching this stuff anymore. I'm back, back, you know? And then, uh, you know, I saw prayers answered before my eyes. And so for me, I could go around and say, oh, well, look, I've had seen, uh, you know, miracles unfold before my eyes. I've, I've, I know prayers that are answered and heard testimonies. People would say, well, that's great job, but that's only your experience. And that's why you still need logical consistency. That's why you still need empirical evidence to also line up. And then you have to be able to test the validity of what you believe against those four areas, uh, origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. You have to. So many people adopt mm. beliefs, but they don't know why or where it came from. And that, t- to me, honestly, if you really want to start making good decisions in your life, you have to start challenging your thought. And you have to start right. searching for what is truth? What is here that's deeper than what I'm not currently seeing? When you understand mm. that, you understand you're, cre- you're connected to a creator, or someone greater than you. You're, you're a part of the goings on in life. And there's this story that is so epic that is above all this mm-hmm. narrative that you're a part of, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's deep. Yeah, that's powerful. That's that's really powerful. And I think when I think about like the narrative and the story, for me, I go back to, I think all human beings, I think we're all storytellers. I think there's creativity pulsing through our veins. And part of the reason why I believe that is because I believe that God created the universe, God created humanity. And um, in the Old Testament of the Bible, it says the very first thing that God did was he breathed life into creation. Mm -hmm. So God breathed like vibrant colors in the oceans and volcanoes. Like he imagined the universe and Mars and the ants and sand and hairs on our head. And then uh, Genesis one sort of ends with this like climax of creation with the creation of man and woman. And he says, let us make man and woman in our image and our likeness. So that means that like, I have this like God spark within me, um, in Latin, it's called Imago Dei. So I have the Imago Dei in me, which means that I, I'm a, I'm a storyteller as well. That means that like, I can, I can be a part of a process in creation and humanity of using my words for life, using them to create new things. And so because of that, I think we're all telling a story. Like our lives are telling a story, but for a long time, like even though I would say in my head, like I had this formal worldview, like I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, Jesus is real, Jesus is good, like he saved me. But my functional worldview, my everyday life was disconnected from that. Yeah. And until I, I kind of got to a point where I was like, there's a disconnect here. What is it that I really believe in? Why? And I love those, like those four pillars that you just talked about, like origin, meaning, morality. And destiny, that re- that just resonates so deep deeply. And I think it's so helpful because how many, how many of us are moving through life just like honestly, I get this picture that we're asleep at the wheel. Oh yeah. Like we might not be like live we may not be like killing ourselves with our decisions. We may, but we're definitely not living to our potential, like you said, like this God potential. And we're coasting. Yeah. Absolutely. I think we got to be willing to like do the work. I think, I think too, Kat, that 
we live in peaceful times right now. I know there's things going on in the world for sure. And there's things that are brewing in the background spiritually and all sorts of things like that. Uh, but I think we're living in peaceful times for the most part. And that I think a lot of people are bored and they're complaining about a lot of things that shouldn't really be complained about. Uh, it would be yeah. interesting, you know, like in times of war, a lot of people shut up and they were more about let's be there together for humanity and be a part of what's, you know, yeah. what we believe, right? It's standard. I'm not saying wars are good. Definitely not saying that. But I'm saying that we, yeah. we can get into a space where we get so into our own stuff that we forget what like our existence is really about and what are we fighting yeah. for and what are we actually really a part of. Um, and it's just really interesting to see like the, the conversations that are going throughout history, uh, going throughout, you know, the news right now and like things that people are rioting about. It's, it's like, man, like you guys got to go back to connecting with what you were originally designed for instead of fighting against mm-hmm. what it is. And the reason being is because people have buried truth. True, the truth is so tough for a lot of people to find because it's surrounded by a bodyguard of lies. And the lie is always like, you, know, you just get to choose whatever the hell you want. And that's personal yeah. preference. And personal preference over time has been put over truth. And what happens to personal preference, it sounds sweet. And it sounds like, oh, this is amazing. I get to be whatever, the, whatever I want and say whatever I want. And you have to address me in whatever way I want to be. And everybody starts saying they want that. But the problem is it sounds sweet on the surface, but it actually creates even more conflict. Because now everyone wants to be accepted for all these random things that they think they should be instead of actually going, you know what? There's truth in who I am. Biologically, I am this. I'm designed like this. Mentally, this is where I'm at. This is how I've been created. And a lot of people reject that, you know? It's because we've just had so many distortions throughout history to the point where people are becoming more and more disconnected. And they're, they're screaming out, like their soul screaming out for that connection. And, you know, in some spaces... Uh, people are going and trying to search within to try and find the answer and they end up calling themselves the God of gods and trying to make themselves gods themselves, mm. which is, you know, humanism, deism, right? So like, it's like, well, you know, what, what about actually looking outside of yourself and submitting to something mm. that is far greater and knowing that you were created for a purpose and there's nothing wrong with that? A man can bring certain things to the world a woman can't. There's things that women can bring to the world that men just haven't been designed to do. And I think it's so beautiful. We come together, we can create even more. So Joel, you talk about like your 10-year vision, like your thoughts, your beliefs. What is your vision? Where are you headed? Oh, I love this question. My vision right now is to bring my 10-year vision process it's funny because it is a vision too, is to bring the 10-year mm-hmm. vision process and my formula, 10-year vision game plan to as many mm-hmm. people as possible in this world. Uh, I'm running events with Emil Steenveld uh, through our brand, our company called Elevate, uh, which elevates your mindset and your marketing to be able to be an empowered human being, to be able to reach more people in an ethical and authentic way uh, in this mm-hmm. world. And part of our mission as well is that what we found was we have hundreds to thousands of people apply for our events and our retreats Mm -hmm. out here in Bali. And a lot of them are from Africa and India and, you know, these other countries where they are struggling to be able to even afford an event that we have. Uh, And so, you know, they may only have $100 or $200 or 
$300 and they're struggling to be able to come even to get a ticket to fly across the world. Right. And so mm-hmm. I find that so many people in this place have, you know, the brains and the passion and they, you know, they may have limited resources around them. But they have this desire in them and they could just do so much, so many amazing things in this world if they had the right mentorship, the right guidance, the right focus, the right support. So part of our mission is to bring and break off a certain percentage, 20% from all the events and retreats that we do to be able to pay for overheads and funding to be able to hold these events in third world countries. So mm-hmm. I'm very big on, on, on empowerment uh, and empowerment to be able to bring more fulfillment into the world because I really believe that those that are, in field are, are fulfilled are happier people. They're uh, more caring. Uh, there's more that they can do with the resources they have. And I believe that, you know, we have just so much more as human beings that we can offer the world. And, uh, you know, God has created us in such an incredible way. And my beliefs is that if I can bring the the tools, the resources, the products, the events, uh, you know, the, the mediums such as video and documentaries and films and things of this nature, podcasts to the world that more and more people are going to start hearing the right message of what their potential truly can be. And uh, the goal is really for people to stop playing small and start placing bets on their God-given bit, gifts and abilities in this world. So that's my 10-year vision uh, in a nutshell. There's just obviously so much more to it because there's a you know, relationship and uh, there's, there's other elements of business. There's you know, financials, which are important too if you wish to build you know, a substantial business that it has impact uh, and you know, location and things of that nature. But, but really that in a nutshell is my, is my 10-year vision. Mm, I love that. And just like your vision for yourself includes service to others. And, um, I just think that's, that is, that's the long game, right? Like serving and empowering others. And, um, I I think that's a beautiful vision. I'm enrolled. (laughs) I think it's awesome. (laughs) Absolutely. And the thing too, the thing too, true as well, uh, Kat, Kat is, you know, what we were talking about before you look at someone like Jesus, he, half the time didn't even have to say anything or even do a specific thing. People were just drawn to his being. It showed up in the energy of who he was. And so I'm a big believer that if I stand in the principles of what God preaches and, and, and shares with us, and, you know, if I'm right in him and if I am, you know, in alignment uh, that you know, I don't even need to really say it as much that people will be drawn to me. Like, what is there about this Joel character that's different? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? And they come up, what is it? And I'm like, well, you know, this is what I do that I believe is different. And this is what I believe has really helped me in my life and can absolutely help you too. You know, I think that no matter how much works we try and do, we are never going to be perfect enough to fall into, you know, the kingdom of, of God. It's his grace and his mercy. And so we don't work our way to heaven or work our way to, you know, to, to be in his kingdom, it's that we're forgiven because he loves us. And it's that, you know, our relationship is the most important thing to him. Otherwise, if we didn't have the free will to choose to be in relationship with him, we'd be slaves or we'd be a machine. And that's not a loving God. So ultimately mm-hmm. it's to share God's love through my being and it's to share God's love through uh, giving him the glory in the way that I show up to. And that's, that's a daily practice. <laughs> I hope hope that that shows through in my vision as I step more and more into it. And if that's what you believe too, I hope it shows more and more in your vision too as you step out into the world. Absolutely. Well, Joel, thank you for sharing your heart and just 
being vulnerable and just willing, just willing to go to the deep places. I appreciate that about you. Thank so you where can people follow along with your journey? How can they get connected with, with what you're up to? Yeah, great question. Thank you for asking, Kat. So you can find me on Instagram. It's under I am Joel Brown, J-O-E-L-B-R-O-W-N. Uh, you can find me just by searching through Facebook under the name Joel Brown. Uh, go to addictedtosuccess.com, addicted, the number two, success.com, and you'll see that uh, at the top of the page, it will drop down with an option to put in your email address. And really what it is, is that I have a five-part video series where I break down the branding and marketing formulas that I've used to be able to build you know, a, a community with over 155 million views, a podcast with over 3 million plays. Um, you know, they're numbers, but at the end of the day, it's, it's like, you know, if you've got a message and you want to learn how to clearly convey that to the world and how to have confidence in stepping into your message and sharing that, and if you wish to be able to get the right exposure with the right audience – that's what I love teaching too. You know, that's what I've been really good at over the last 10 years. And I share that. You can jump in and register and, you know, it's free to have the whole mini video series. My masterminds are in there too. You may see it in the, the opportunities either on my social media or you see it in my email uh, mail outs that I do. I, what I really love to do is to connect. So, you know, I, I, I talk with a lot of people. If people message me, I, I get back to them. I, I, you see me, Kat, I respond in my comments and on my posts. And mm-hmm. um, I believe that what's the point of having people following you if you're not interacting and getting to know who your tribe is? I'm really big on tribe. Right. You know, I worked really hard. And I believe that if you stay with one thing long enough until you become the best at it, your tribe will eventually find you. That goes for everyone listening right now. And, you know, I've worked really hard to build what I have and I've learned a lot of things along the way. And I I feel like it would be just a damn shame if I didn't share, you know, how I've been able to do that so that it has a ripple effect and it can just be done even better by others as well that come after me. So I'm not looking for followers. I'm looking for people that are willing to step in to become leaders too. So... Yeah, that's yes. Oh, that's good. That's good because it's it's not just about like what you're up to. It's what you're inviting people into, and it's you're you're inviting people into a narrative and a narrative of hope and redemption and leadership and Absolutely. influence. And so, thank you, thank you for coming. And I can't wait for people to listen to this, Joel. Um, I just appreciate your time, and yeah, hopefully we'll get to meet in real life one day. <laughs> yes, and you too. I'm sure we will. We'll cross paths and. Um, yeah. Yeah, more power to you. I'm really excited to see what you're doing with your tribe. And, and I, I can't wait for that vision to expand even more and also the, to, to witness the ripple effect. I love the message you're preaching too. I think it's really important. We have this healthy, uh, supportive way to bring, you know, women up and to, for women to rise up in the world in a way where, you know, it's, it's collaboration and not divisive. Uh, so, yeah, keep doing your thing. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm keeping you. a close eye on you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, chat soon. I'm Kat Harris, and you've been listening to the Refined Collective Podcast. You can follow our journey on Instagram at The Refined Woman, our website, therefinedwoman.com, for show notes, other features and interviews, and a deeper look into our tribe. Find us on iTunes, The Refined Collective. Subscribe, rate, review, and leave us some love. Join me next time and thank you so much for listening. And one last thing, in case you ever forget, you are not alone. Your story matters and you belong here.